One of the things when I was growing up as a young lad being taught how to be on the radio back in the 1970s by people like Terry Wogan is I was told listening to the radio, you should learn something new every time you hear something being discussed. And I'm utterly delighted that today I probably like you sitting wherever you're listening to this radio broadcast or this podcast are going to learn something from my next guest. Her name is Anne Jurch and she describes herself as a futurist. I'm going to say, first of all, a warm welcome, Anne, to Siren Radio. Thank you very much. Really happy to be here. And on a beautiful, we're recording this, I have to say, on the 8th of September. And after the gloomiest of August, it's now the most bakiest of, uh, of Septembers. And I'm, this is the naughty bit of me. You as a futurist, of course, could have seen the change in the weather coming. <laughs> I don't think I look at things like the weather. I suppose I should do. Do you know, years ago, there used to be guys, um, and there was one called Bill Fogger, and he would just look at animals and plants, and he was better are predicting how the year would go than any any meteorologist. Well, well, one of our guests here on Sound Radio is the uh, the legend in meteorology, John Ketley. He lives just down the road from us, and he does a monthly program. I'll be interested to play that to him when he's next back on at the beginning of October to see what he has to say. Ask um, him about Bill Fogger, who I will always ask him. Right. Bill yeah, Fogger. Yeah, now then, okay, let let's do the learning thing. Um, yeah. what, what is a futurist? Well, basically, a futurist is somebody that predicts the future, looks into the future. It's used in the corporate world quite a lot. Uh, and what they used to do was, well, they still do, they'll, they'll pay people a fortune to come up with charts and look at what's been happening and use what's been happening to predict the future. And they, they charge a fortune and they take a long time. And a few have started to ask me because I mind travel. I mind travel into the future, which will sound a bit odd to some people. Um, but, yeah, I, I look into the future. Your mind can go anywhere. So I look into the future and I predict what's to come. So I might be predicting, yeah, I've not looked at the weather. I shall, I shall start looking into the weather. But I look at a whole range of things. And it's interesting that we are talking now because, A, there's a big conference coming up, which is the first time this conference has been held in the United Kingdom. In fact, probably outside um, America uh, later on this month. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but we're also looking at a complete change in the way we run our lives, because mm. in many parts of the UK and also across Europe and across the world, we're coming to terms, I think, with the pandemic and coming to terms with a completely new way of working. And I'm guessing that with the clients that you've got, they're, trying, they're saying to you, well, do we bring everybody back into the office or the factory, or do we have to learn from what we've done over the last 15 months? It, I'd actually go back further. About five years ago, I started to really get a feeling that the world of work was going to keep changing. In fact, five years ago, I, I kept saying, you're going to see loads of people working from home and that's going to be a problem because they're going to get isolated. I didn't know what would create that, but I knew it was coming soon. So I spent uh, a lot of time. I actually put it in my last book, come out the first week of the lo first lockdown, which kind of proved the point <laughs> that, the, you know, it's about the world of work is going to keep changing and that's what I'll be talking about at the expo. It's going to keep changing the world of work. And the one thing I would say, if you want to thrive, be adaptable. Just keep adapting. Um, we're going to see more of a hybrid, part in, part in the office, part at home. We're going to have a bit of a hybrid. Um, 
people love working from home for a certain amount of time. Then one day it wears thin and they want to get back. But I, I think I think we're going to see a bit of both. People will be half in the office, half at home. And you go back to that point you made a moment ago about being lonely. We yeah. are normally gregarious creatures. And so being in an office or like me within a mm. newsroom in a studio environment, that's what we thrive on. I have to say, and it may be my time of life, I've mm. actually enjoyed being able to concentrate sitting here at my remote desk in, in the back bedroom of my home yeah. without being interrupted by people. I mean, I love people. I love newsroom and I know that I love the buzz of deadlines. But it's so yeah. nice to be able to start a piece of work and finish it. I, I totally get what you're saying. And I'm not, I could never work in an open office. I don't know how people cope with that. People talking around me and phones going, I, I'm in my, I, I travel to an office every day, which is totally isolated. And that's what I like. But it, it wears thin. What you're saying is the early stages. People love it at first. And they'll say, oh, everybody's out in the snow trying to get to work. And I'm <laughs> at home. And, you know, it's, it's peaceful and it's quiet. But one day it wears thin. Unless you've got a lot of people in your home, you know, then you might not have that need. But a lot of people live alone these days. Uh, people's social life has dropped off. A lot of people are single. I came across a lot of people living in apartments in a city where they didn't grow up and they're lonely. They haven't got a girlfriend, boyfriend or whatever. They haven't got a big social life and they're working from home. And, you know, day rolls in tonight and and it it will get to you after a while. Let's also explore um, a little bit of what you call mind travelling. It, it yeah. sounds to me, I call it daydreaming. <laughs> for me, yeah. I'm not, I'm not criticising the way you do it. What, what, can you explain, particularly for, for, for everybody who's listening now, saying, what does she mean by mind travelling? You know, d- d- was Andrew right by just saying, well, let's, you just let your mind float. And, well, that's what happens when I'm on the beach and the sun's shining. I, I sort of daydream. But I'm guessing yours is a bit more focused. Yeah, structured. Yeah, but the thing is, look, great um, scientist Rupert Sheldrake said that your brain is inside your head, but your mind can go anywhere. And if you go to the remote viewers, and you probably know uh, something about the remote viewers, uh, the US government uh, brought in a whole load of military people and taught them how to mind travel by remote viewing. And they, they, their success rate was through the roof. They knew where the enemy were, where there were ammunition dumps, prisoners were held. Um, it, 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 they, this is all under strict scientific conditions. They, they, their results are phenomenal. What they discovered is your mind, so if I was to say to you about being regressed to your childhood, you'd accept that. You'd probably go, yeah, fine, I could get mind travel back. Well, you can actually go the other way and you can go forward. Uh, now, I probably would be sceptical if it wasn't for the fact I've been working with this for so long and it's consistently accurate. It's not the odd fluke. We've seen world events. We take clients forward. Our clients go forward and see where they are in five years time and say, well, I'm not working at that place anymore. I didn't get the promotion or whatever. It helps them make better decisions. But your mind can go anywhere. That's interesting. And when you say you've been able to uh, relate to um, you, you've been able to assess it, and 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 that it that what you've suggested has has accurately happened. Some people could simply say, well, trends work in such a way that you could look back at history and say, well, 
um, things have a habit of reinventing themselves. You could see what happened 25 years ago. So you could repackage it for now because we've forgotten what happened 25 years ago. Or are these new things that you could never have predicted? That is that is the point. And you're right. The best way to predict the future is to see what's already happened. How this started out, I was actually working more with regression and hypnotherapy. And I worked with a couple of military people. They wanted to find out something from the past. Um, and I brought in somebody else to take us back. And all three of us jumped forward and saw the attack on the Twin Towers. This was three weeks before it happened. We described it in detail. Um, we, had, we had no yardstick for this. Nothing like it had happened before. So one of the military guys said, look, I see two skyscrapers. It's America. The smoke pouring out of them. There's people on the ground running. The other one described an American bay and said, I feel like the skyline's changed. And I kept talking about Middle East and an oil line. So we consistently, we, we predicted this. through When it happened, we were shell-shocked. I mean, it really freaked us out because we didn't know enough to stop it. Nobody would have listened to us. But what we started to do is experiment. So I particularly worked with one of the military guys who I find we work very well together. And I asked him to predict some other things. And he said, America's going to evade Iraq. And we actually laughed. At the time, that sounded ludicrous. And he actually said, they are going to say they have chemical weapons, but they know they don't. That was his words. And we just carried on predicting world events. And then one of the big self-help gurus said to me, you should write this down, date it, time it, document it, because what you're picking up is consistently accurate. About that time, I started to work with clients. One of the things, one of the big things we do is help people find their future home. I, three times I've moved into properties. I had no idea where they were, but I had seen them and I described them. One of them didn't exist and it was a very unusual place. I, I had no yardstick for it. It had never been done before. And so I, I would never have just used the past to predict that. I can see why people think that, but. You know, we, we see things that you're really not expecting. Fascinating talking to you. You talked about your books, the most recent of which you said was published just on the cusp of the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, that one, what, what's, the, what's the, the basis for that one? I, I just, it's about the strategies, strategies you need to thrive in the future because the world of work is going to keep changing. As, as I say, I saw this five years beforehand and I kept, thinking what do we need and one of them is being adaptable two is stop the overwhelm we have too much information too many emails too much of everything and we're not coping and this is another reason why people are struggling uh, you mentioned isolation that is really crucial there's a chapter on finding your tribe and it's not just as we are today with thousands of people on instagram your tribe, that that crucial bunch of people that get you, they know what, what you're about, they understand you, you have similar ideas, you work on similar projects. That is another, so I've got 10 strategies there. And it's been a real privilege and pleasure to chat to you. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of our chat, um, mm. you're going to be taking part in Expo, which is coming mm. to London for the first time later this month, 17th and 19th of September. Um, what are you going to be talking about? 
I'm doing two slots. Uh, I hassled them into giving me two slots. So the first, <laughs> I did because I, I love this expo because there's a lot of science. There's some amazing people to, taking part. And a lot of them bringing science into their work. This isn't a lot of woo-woo. This is really cool people. So the first, I'm on, at the beginning, on the first day, on the 17th, I'm going to do a meditation where we look for the best future for the world and what we need to do to create that. Rather than sit here going, oh, look, local warming, blah, blah, blah. What can we do to make the world a better place? That's the first one. On the Saturday morning, I take part in a forum, but I'm also doing a meditation to help people find their future genius idea. You'd like that one, Andrew. So what is your future genius idea? You know, you have loads of ideas. You have loads and loads, but what is the one that's the game changer? And I help people find that. That's going to have me thinking for the rest of the day, I can tell you. Good, um, good. Uh, and you've triggered some thoughts. So, Andrew, thank you very much indeed for being with You're us welcome. here on Siren. Uh, if you want any more details, what you need to do is to go and have a look at Siren's podcast website. That's siren, uh, sirenradio.podbean.com. And we will put Anne's details there, her website. We'll also put details of how you can find more about the expo later in September. And uh, as I say, Anne, it's been a real privilege and pleasure. We know what you're, when you come on, because they have these big reveals, you've, uh, you've chosen a fantastic piece by Curtis Mayfield, and we're going to play it for you now. And it's called Move On Up. Thank you so much. <laughs> Say 